can I be so thirsty standing knee deep in the river? Why can't I see the forest full of trees? They said to count my blessings so I know what I got good. But I ain't seen good no while, so it seems. Well, Very slippery. Yes. Okay, so Lori, um, she's great with me, but like she chases the kids and bites them nonstop. Hmm. <laughs> and so I don't know, I don't know if it, I don't know why. So like, I'll let her outside to play and like run around and try to get all of her energy out. Yeah. But then she comes inside and she goes right back after the kids. So I'm hoping it's just like yeah, I'm sure I'm it's hoping a it's a puppy thing, but let's see. Huh. Will they like if he when she, if she comes in and they like throw a ball or anything, will she be distracted by that or is it? Yeah, yeah. But but like if they just walk around the house doing something, she immediately like she drops whatever she's doing and chases after them. Which it's it's entertaining for me, but they hate it. So. Yeah, they don't care for it too much. Right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I don't know what I guess surely it's just about the face. Yeah. I mean it reminds me a lot of a dachshund that we had. He was the same way. So I'm hoping she'll grow out of it. Yeah. We'll see. So how are you? Oh, you know, a little start crazy. Yeah. Are y'all quarantining? Yeah, we're shelter in place. Shelter in place, yeah. We're not leaving the house. I mean, unless we have to go to the grocery store for something quick, we don't. Right. Start here, yeah. What about y'all? Do both of your jobs allow you to work from the house? Well, I work for an, at an elementary school, so uh, it's a whole new ball game for us. Uh, we are all learning how to teach via technology you know right uh, i'm a reading tutor so we i haven't really uh we haven't really hammered down exactly how i'm gonna do that yet but we're working on it you know luckily technology affords us a lot of avenues right uh, but and and chelsea yeah she can work from home for the most part. She's had to go out a couple times, but nothing too much. That's good. How are the kids taking it? Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> as well as like three kids that can't leave the house can, you know. Right. They, uh, yeah. best friends one minute and enemies the next, so. Right. A lot of screaming. Yeah, my we we very rarely leave anyway because I have a um, have a seven year old and then I'm fostering a two year old and a one year old mm -hmm. and um, I'm alone ninety percent of the time with them so I don't leave a whole lot anyway because that's right. too many kids to do anything with by myself Absolutely, yeah. and um, and so we typically don't leave a lot anyway but now that we can't leave my seven year old's going crazy like. Like now she wants to go places. I'm like, you never want to go anywhere. Right, right. Now just the fact that they know they can't, they're like, what? But not what? Right, right. 
make some stories on Facebook for kids. I, <laughs> I, I was doing that. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out I wasn't legally allowed to do that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, you got to have permission from the author to do that. To and read one, the book? Yeah. From, and one of them, uh, author Mo Willems, he allowed it. But uh, the one that I wanted to do, the Beverly Cleary, the Henry Huggins series, um, we can't do uh, on public settings. Like I can read them to okay. my kids uh, right. via Zoom or uh, record it. And if the only kids that go to my school can see it, then that's legal. But I can't record them and post them on Facebook anymore. So that stinks. But That's wild. Yeah. So it's a shame because uh, I got really good feedback. Kids seem to really like it. But uh, if I wasn't an elementary school employee, I could probably get away with it, but they got to cover right. themselves and that's understandable, so. I get that. Yeah, I saw um, LeVar Burton reading Rainbow. Right, yeah, I saw Joe uh, and him. Yeah, he was talking about it and I, and, um, I didn't really get it. I didn't really realize that that was a thing. Um, but now that you're saying it too, I guess that is a thing. I mean, it makes sense, but right. I just, I would have thought well, that you that would You would think that it wouldn't be a big deal, you know, as long as I'm not making money off of it, but. Right. Um, but that's right. cool. Yeah, Neil Gaiman gave LeVar Burton wide open access to do whatever book he wants. So that's yeah. really cool. I'm a, I've, I've, I think I've read every Neil Gaiman book or most of them. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. So, how'd you get your start in music? We can get off uh, get off the COVID topic, topic, but I knew that that kind of needed to be addressed. I mean, it's right. kind of a weird, kind of a weird time. We can't just ignore it. Right. So, uh, my cousins had a bluegrass band when I was growing up, so I was around like acoustic music my whole life, and and uh, playing music at Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff, and then. When I got older, I got a guitar and started trying to play along with them. And then when I went to college, or I guess before I went to college, my brother introduced me to like Rowan Rockin and Reckless Kelly and and bands like that. And uh, yeah. so when I went to A&M, I started playing and singing myself and fell in with a group of, good group of singer-songwriters there. And here we are, 20 years later. Right. Right. Um, so you write with a lot of really cool people though. Um, yeah. um yeah. Those, like uh Mike Ethan Messick, he's a great songwriter. Uh he's one of the group that I met living in College Station. Uh Jamie Lynn Wilson, she's part of that college station group. And then though they kinda introduced me to Courtney Patton and Jason Eady and Courtney introduced me to Cody Jinks and Matt Hillier, and so it just kind of snowballs based on who you start out with, I guess. Right. Courtney was saying that you're one of her favorite people to write with. Yeah, she is definitely one of mine as well. Uh, yeah. We are, we're a lot, a lot alike. Uh, so when one of us has an idea, you don't have to really worry about where the other one's going to take it because we know what the other one's saying uh, or where they want to take a song most of the time. Usually all of our songs have been written within like 10 minutes. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I That's mean, one of, us, one of us will send the other one a song, and then the other one will send it back finished, pretty much, so. Yeah, she was out. saying, so I interviewed her on this, um, and she was saying that y'all write via text yeah. a lot. Via, via text message, email, uh, the voice recorder app, you know. I haven't been in the same room with someone when I wrote a song. I couldn't tell you how long it's been. All my See, that's so crazy. Yeah, like, I would never think that people are co-writing, like, just via text all the time. Well, I, you know, I've got a day job. And then okay. I've got the three kids and the wife. And then uh, Courtney's always on the road. I mean, we're right. just, our, we don't, our ships don't pass too often. Usually it's at a show. So we don't, we just don't have time. And, you know, Cody Jinx is always on the road all over the country. So it just works out easier. You know, I can, I can write up, they can send me something and I can have my lunch break at work, sit down and write, write along to it, you know, that way I like it because you don't have to wait. Like it's, if you have an idea, you're like, Hey, check this out. And then, right. you know, you don't have to write it down and go, I got to remember that I want to eventually try to write that song with Courtney the next time we're together in 2022 or something. Right. You just text it to her and throw the ball in her court. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So check this out, do something with this. And it's right. not always immediate, but at least it's on their radar and something they, that they can eventually try to work with. You know? Right. So, um, what are you working on right now? Like, I see uh, your album that you released a few years ago is the one that, like, I see it pushed quite a few times yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, that's just, you know, that's the most recent thing I have out. I was really hoping to go in the studio this year, but uh, I've, I've definitely got the songs. But with all this that's going on, it's really... Uh, really put a damper on my <laughs> budget right. you know I, I missed all my march shows and it looks like i'm gonna probably end up missing my april shows too so um so i don't know uh i've got the songs i've got uh courtney's gonna produce my next record i know that oh that's um, cool you know I, I all the details are in place it's just the time and the money so We'll see. Hard to record a album when you can't leave the house. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know. True. So, so hopefully, something. If if it doesn't end up happening late this year, then hopefully next year. Um, continue with my five or six year plan on releasing albums. <laughs> what are um, what are some of the biggest hurdles that you run into? In and career-wise, your music career-wise. Well, I, uh, I think for me, I mean, it's it's some of its hurdles that I've put in place, you know, uh, outside of just you know trying to catch a foothold. But you know, I don't like being apart from my family. Uh, most of my shows are usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know. Um, and then a little longer in the summer when we're out of school, but I don't like being apart from my kids and my wife that much. So that limits 
the range of exposure I can get, you know, because I got to stay within within a couple days of the house. Um, also, I, I, I have a band that I play with sometimes, but I prefer acoustic shows. And that's just, it's just by nature, it's harder to do. Um, a lot of the bigger venues, they want bands. So, right. you know, and, and once again, that's, that's something else I've put in place myself. So you know, I, I could do band shows and I have the band, but uh, it's just, I did solo for so long that it's just, I have more fun doing solo and, and I don't have to worry about paying the guys and making sure because I'm if I'm when I have the band together and they're actually with me then I'm stressed about making sure they make money and uh keeping food on their tables well this way I only have to worry about my table you know yeah that makes sense and then, and then you get to I said that makes sense and then you get to also do what you prefer doing too yeah yeah and, and the bands that I've had they've been they've been really good about you know, I, it wasn't a project that we started together. It was them kind of coming on with me. So um, I have ideas for projects that I'd like to start with a band to where everybody kind of works. Not that I would say, no, you can't do that. Just that they kind of knew which direction I wanted to go and, and played towards that, you know. Um, I don't know. Just that's a big part of it. Then wanting to stay home. Want not yeah. to stay home, but not be gone, you know, um, more than a few days at a time. And, yeah. I, and I, you know, also I keep a day job just because I, I can't, I just can't take that leap, I guess. It's too much, too, too stressful. Yeah, I get that. I mean, especially in, you know, something like this pops up, right? Exactly. You know, exactly. You know? <laughs> and it, it's just, it's kind of devastating what it's just done to so many different, um, so many different career paths, but like what it's doing to the music thing is just crazy. So crazy. Right. Yeah. I was, I talked to Courtney about it a little bit this morning and, and I was like, you know, I, I feel bad even complaining because I'm still getting a paycheck from my school job, you know, and, and still working and, and Chelsea, my wife, she's still getting a paycheck. So and that's why I haven't done a, a like a, a online show or anything, because um, I feel bad. Because like I lost, yeah, and not to say my loss of income from music isn't hurting me, because it certainly is. But you know, at least I have something coming in, and I feel like if I'm whatever I do, I'm taking away those dollars from the guys that or guys and girls that really need it, like Courtney and Jason, or, or like other friends of mine that. You know, this is their livelihood, 100%. Right. Yeah. That way the tip jars can be filled. Right. 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 Kind of that is something right. that, I, that, you know, even though it's coming out of a bad situation, that is something that I am enjoying about this whole um, quarantine life is getting to see these shows yeah. all the time. You know, yeah. I normally, I normally, am here with my kids all the time and um and so I have to miss like a lot of shows because of that and so this has kind of been a little bit of a a game changer for me well, because I'm sure. and, you know any night of the week you kind of have to pick who you want to see right. because there's so many people playing 
and that's uh, another like I think it's good for us musicians that you know while I'm not playing the bigger stage that everybody else is playing I'm still working Friday nights and Saturday nights and everybody works Friday nights and Saturday nights so you don't see each other's shows unless you're playing shows together so you know I can pop in and see Courtney and Jason play when normally I wouldn't get to see them because I'd be playing that night or, or or whoever you know I don't right. make it out the shows as much because I'm playing shows. I got to take off work to go see a show, you know. Right. Yeah. So, um, who is like who are some bucket list people that you want to write with or work with that you haven't uh, been able to? Uh, Rodney Crowell's pretty pretty much high pretty high up on that list, you know. Uh, Bruce Robinson, and uh, they're like my top two, probably. Um, but I just like writing. I don't. I don't care. You know, anybody. But those are those are my two. Like, man, I'd love to get in a room with them and and write. Um, yeah. Slate leaves and and I, and Slade and I have uh, we've talked about it. We just had the thanks to social media. And I've 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 gone. I've, in the early 2000s, I went to so many Slate Cleave shows that uh, he eventually actually knew who I was from just going to shows. So right. uh, thanks to social media, we've kind of reconnected and, and uh, talked back and forth a few times about trying to get, to get together and write something. Um, so that, you know, that's pretty high up there, too. But like I say, I just like to write, so... Um, Laura McKenna would be yeah. pretty great. Um, John Prine, but he I don't think he really co-writes very much, but he's hoping he pulls through everything. No. A, a little bit of good news today, though, right? Yeah. He said that he's out yeah. of critical care now, so that's that's good to uh, hear. There were some scares this morning because some people posted some false information and yeah. uh, said that he didn't make it, but luckily that was just misunderstandings and yeah it's kind of crazy now like i'm almost scared to get on twitter because when yeah. you know like when you see the trending and you see anybody's name on it right that you look up to in any way um you immediately are like oh shit not this yeah. one you know yeah, but I, I mean, yeah. it's so sad that we lost joe dippy yeah uh his song ships that don't come in <laughs> That's the first song that I remember being my favorite song. Like I was, I was pretty young at the time, and I didn't fully understand the song, of course. But I remember that was like my favorite song when that "Ships That Don't Come In" came out. Um, so yeah, just a shame that that we lost him to this. He was so good. Uh, I caught him about a year ago, and. You know, everybody knows that they like Joe Diffie, and you can think of a couple of songs that you're, right. that you're like, this is great, right? But I went to the show, and I was like, he has so many, like, I guess in my mind, he did not have as many oh, yeah, he was... songs as he did, right? Like, when I was at the show, I was like, oh, my God, that was him, too. Yeah, he had, um, I mean, he had a, quite a career in the 90s. Right. Um, he, was, he was up there, you know. Him and uh, Mark Chestnut are, I think, the two most underrated acts from the nineties. Yeah, I think I think both of them should be mentioned in the same breath as Alan Jackson and 
and Randy Travis and even George Strait. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to catch uh, Mark Chestnut at the RCC in Houston. Oh, yeah. Before, uh, like when they had a little just an outside stage and it wasn't a very, uh, it wasn't a big, very big deal when he was there. So that was pretty cool to see him in such a small yeah. setting. But uh, yeah, Joe Diffie, man. He had so many more so many more hits than I had remembered, you know? Yeah. Like, you remembered all the songs from growing up, but you didn't really realize that they all belonged to him. Exactly, so. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you put on his greatest hits, and you, you, got a, you got a pretty lengthy album there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I know that this, it's a, kind of a different answer for everybody. Uh, have you made it? Like, do you feel like you're this is where you want to be with music or like do you have this uh do you have this different idea in your head of once i get to this place then i've made it uh that's kind of uh i mean no i haven't made it i haven't made it to where i'm content with where my career is uh for me that would be a little bit more financial stability um and playing just playing better rooms you know yeah uh i play or at least i'll put it this way i would like to get to where i get to play shows i want to play and not play shows i don't want to play okay you know i play i play a lot of shows that i mean i'm i, I love playing but it's just not a it does more harm for me than good emotionally speaking you know it doesn't fill my bucket um and i would like to be able to not to not have to play those shows from a financial standpoint um so that's you know i don't need to be headlining any big festivals or anything like that i would just like to make it to where a little more financially stable and 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 for me that's that's more from the songwriting aspect than it is the performing aspect. Like that's where I want to make it is the songwriting aspect. Um, I want to, uh, I mean, I just, that's what I want to do. I want other people to sing the songs I write. Right. So that, that keeps you at home more too. Say it again. That keeps you at home more too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that way I don't have to, and, and that way I get to pick the shows that I play a little more, you know? Yeah. Um, I just have to go to the mailbox a few times a year. <laughs> right. And it's actually direct deposit now. I don't even have to go to the mailbox. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But that's, Man. you know, that's, that's a different ballgame than it was 20 years ago, where, you know, uh, with that, uh, after the fire that Tony Jinks recorded and made the title track of his album, well, that was the number one country album of the year. In, uh, I mean, uh, in the country for a week, and it stayed on the charts for a while um, for country albums. And that just, you know, twenty years ago, that would have been a lot bigger deal than it was than it is now. Unfortunately, just because of streams, right? It's just. It's just a whole different different ball game. So that still has to feel pretty good, though. Like to have your name on 
on um, out on tour, you know, like oh, yeah. without you having to be out on tour. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's really cool that, you know, the song that we wrote together that I started and, and we wrote together, you know, it's on shirts and cups and koozies and, you know, people all over the, you know, and I'll, I'm on the Cody Jinks fan page and, you know, a lot of times there'll be conversations about what's your favorite song. And a lot of times people say after the fire and that's, you know, that's really cool. Cause that's special for me just because right. not many people are saying about my own song. So it's nice to hear about a song I wrote that somebody else did, you know? Yeah. I think, and that's just an exposure thing though. Oh, you know, sure. I mean, like you have this whole kind of like pod of people that are like me that will just follow all the singer songwriters and, you know, and we're familiar with, with everybody's music, big or not, you know, right. but then you have like everybody else and they're only going to follow what's, you know, quote unquote mainstream. Right. So even, within, um, even within the non-mainstream genre, you know, right. Right. You know, it's a, it's not supposed to be mainstream, but there still is a mainstream within the non-mainstream. Right. <laughs> right. Just a smaller. I mean, it sounds, silly. it sounds silly, but it's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty badass to see all these people raving about something that you did. Yeah. It's really special. Um, and and you know that happens with Courtney's songs that she and I have written together, and and with uh, Barabbas that Jason and Jason and Adam and Josh Ryder and I wrote together. You know, that's a lot of people really like that song and identify with that song. So. It's yeah. pretty special. Yeah, pretty cool. So, um, who would you challenge to get in this tub next? Well, you already did Courtney. So, yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, but wait, I need you to challenge her again because she had one of the funniest videos. And, sounds, sounds it, right. and it was broken. And it was broken. I couldn't do anything with it. Oh. Yeah, so like it's gone. She is she is challenged then, and then uh, you know Gabe Wooten. Yep. Gabe Wooten, I challenge Gabe Wooten. Okay. He's gonna give me an earful for challenging him, but I'm gonna challenge him. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's an incredible singer songwriter. And because yeah. he doesn't have anything really recorded, a lot of people don't know that, but he recorded an album. I was there for it. He recorded an album uh, back in December. Me and Jacob Fair went down. That's another person you got to get. But uh, me and Jacob Fair went down to Galveston just on a whim and got to see Gabe record his album. And I hope he, I hope it works out because I think people are really going to be blown away by it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any idea when that's coming out? Well, yeah, but I think there were some technical difficulties, so I think they're trying to uh, hammer those out uh, and salvage as much as they could, I think. I think it's going to work out. I think it's just a time-consuming process. Right. But get him in a bathtub, see what he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I, think, I mean, that's about all I had for you, unless you have anything else that you want to tell us about or... I got, I got nothing to plug. Just, you know, stay home and wash your hands, folks. Yes, please. <laughs>
right. Well, thank you very much for doing thank this. You. I know it's a very weird request, um, That's all right. but I feel like it'll it'll bring some laughs to some people. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, this is how I yeah. even take a bath anyway. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> the hat and the shirt and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. You have a good evening. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. See if I can get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to move the phone first, otherwise it'll go in the water. Okay. Bye. Bye.